today's episode of the People Over Perks podcast, we speak with Sandrian Buchard, the HR director at Good Habits. We speak about how she's building her HR function from the ground up, how to build a learning culture, and the future uses of AI in HR, and a whole lot more. Enjoy this conversation. Okay, welcome Sandrian to the People Over Perks podcast. Great to have you on the show and thanks for joining me. Well, thanks for the invitation, Alan. And uh, and yeah, I'd, I'd love to kick off with um, uh, basically a quick introduction. Um, it'd be great if you could tell me a bit about yourself um, and then secondly, a bit about good habits. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let's let's start with me. So I am Sandrine Bogaert. I'm 39 years old and I'm living in a small village in the south of the Netherlands. Um, I work in HR for about 15 years now. And since December 21, I am responsible for all HR services within Good Habits. And that brings me to Good Habits. Um, Good Habits is a B2B service, which is an amazing platform with about uh, 120 training courses on all kinds of topics. And those trainings enable employees to get the best out of themselves every day. And on the other hand, it empowers an employer to create a true learning culture. Okay, very cool. Thanks for that introduction, and we'll um, we'll definitely talk a bit about more about uh, about the Good Habits platform later. Um, but maybe you could also paint a picture as to the size of the company right now. I understand that you have a, have a number of offices globally, and so maybe you can tell us about the uh, the, the size size of the business and and where those offices are located. Yeah, absolutely. So we have about uh, fifteen offices around the world. Most recently, we opened Brazil and Australia. And we continue to grow. So we plan to open new offices, uh, I think four for this year and then six for the next year. So we keep on growing. We do reach about 1.5 million students every day. Um, and we have more than 1,600 customers worldwide. Okay, wow. And how, how many employees globally? We have about 400 employees currently. 400 employees, excellent. Yes. And, um... And yeah, obviously you've uh, you've you've had a, a great career in HR so far. What led you into HR as a career path in the first place? Uh, well, I started studying psychology, uh, but I noticed very quickly that as interesting as I found it and still think it is, it wasn't exactly the future for me. So I missed the commercial impulse, a more business component. And that led me to human resource management, where organization and people come together. And that proved to be a bullseye. So the passion was sparked and it basically never left. So a marketing manager will always say, without marketing, we have no success. And a sales manager will say, without sales, no profit. Um, and I don't question that. <laughs> uh, but I'm convinced that in the end, only people can make it without an engaged and committed account manager, you will never get your profit or your revenue in. So um, I think HR is the heart of every organization. And that's what I find so fascinating about HR. So to create a strategy, to create policies, to create processes that really empower people to perform at their best. Um, and at the same time also enables the business to achieve the results that are targeted. Yeah, to totally agree. And um, yeah, I mean, it's very clear that HR are, are unfortunately often the unsung heroes, aren't they? Um, but uh, but as absolutely, you, yeah. Without yeah. without the HR function, um, yeah, employees certainly can't perform at their best. So yeah, totally I agree. agree on that point. Um, 
And then um, uh, you've held a number of, uh, of senior level roles now at different companies. Um, are there like any particular um, sort of like trends or themes that you, you've seen across those different roles? Yeah, absolutely. So I've I've worked at companies of all sizes, uh, from uh, T-Mobile, for example, with over 2,000 employees, to a startup that grew from 10 to 60 employees at that time. Um, so as you can imagine, all these type of companies also bring different dynamics. Uh, but there was one common ground, I would say. All these companies were uh, changing. They all went through a very impactful stage of change like mergers or acquisitions or a radical uh, strategy change uh, or hyper growth like good habits um, and well those big changes obviously had a lot of impact on employees um, and another common thing is that in the last 10 years i've always worked in starting or scaling organizations um, where the hr foundation needed to be completely designed and, and set up. Interesting. And then um, what, what particularly attracted you to the role at Good Habits? Um, was there anything unique about the challenges there that you, uh, you were walking into? Well, Good Habits is a very attractive company, I would say. Um, the mission is fantastic uh, and I can truly identify with it. So the mission to make, uh, to get everybody to learning. Um, that's an amazing mission. It offers a wonderful product. Uh, it's very successful. It's growing rapidly, international, and it has a magical corporate culture. And I wasn't really looking for a new job at that time, but when the role at Good Habits was presented to me, I, I didn't have to hesitate for a long time. It's a fantastic assignment to join them in uh, conquering the world. Mm -hmm. And the company has grown very rapidly. It employs now almost four times as many people as it did three years ago. And we have almost twice as many offices worldwide. However, there's no real HR fundament yet. There is little policy, there is little processes. We don't even have an HRIS or we are now implementing it. So the focus is now on setting up a scalable fundament, and I really love to do that, building, improving, um, and creating a scalable HR function. Wow, interesting. And so, um, you know, you're still within your, your first year at Good Habits, and uh, yeah. you know, maybe you could tell us a little bit about, about some of the, the projects that you've been working on then, um, given that you're building from the ground up. Um, you know, how have you, how have you gone about tackling that challenge? Yeah, well, that's an interesting question. So when I started, uh, we only had four people working within HR and they did basically everything. And at that point, the company was already growing with about 30 people every month. We had about uh, 80 open vacancies, um, but only four people working within HR. Can you imagine? Um, so, well, one of the most important focus points was creating a winning HR team, uh, meaning that the HR org chart was fully redesigned. Um, so now we grew to 20 HR colleagues and we created sub-departments. So we have a um, recruitment team, we have an HR operation team, we have an L&D team, and we have a business partnering team. Um, so we, we really needed this capacity and expertise to eventually uh, achieve what we want to achieve. So I think that's number one, the winning team. Uh, number two is to create a solid operational foundation. 
So as mentioned, we didn't even have a HRIS. So we did everything manually in Excel sheets. Uh, information was everywhere. Um, that's not the most efficient, scalable way of doing things. So we are now implementing uh, an HRIS and that will help us to automate and scale up um, and also provide a lot of information and data that is very helpful to define uh, the roadmap for the next year. Um, so yeah, so we have one, the winning team, two, create a solid operational foundation. And then number three is to make sure we can achieve the enormous international hiring ambition. So we face about 500 job openings in two and a half year in a very challenging labor market in new countries, countries that are not aware of good habits, don't know the brand yet, don't know the employer brand yet. So that is a huge challenge that we face. Yeah, yeah. Lots of lots of interesting challenges uh, for, for your team to tackle. And, Absolutely. Um, how how is your team then structured um, with regards to the the lo location? Um, given that you're you're obviously servicing uh, so many different offices around the world, um, is your team centrally located, or do you have people located in each office? Uh, no, we are now centrally uh, uh, organized. So yeah, well, as said, when I started, we had four HR colleagues. But at that time, we already had 350 employees and uh, about 15 entities, and therefore also 15 different uh, payrolls. But HR was not really set up to facilitate this rapid growth. Um, and we are now working on that, as, as said. So we are building the team. We are building the processes. And the next step is definitely to think about globalization and the best way to facilitate all our offices. Um, it's not so easy because if you um, do everything from the Netherlands, uh, imagine that you have 15 different payrolls with um, uh, local uh, laws and, and uh, reg regularization with tax uh, differences with, well, it's very complex to be compliant. So a decentralized setup is one of the options that we will consider next year. Okay, interesting. And um, and I, I imagine that uh, you know part of the foundations that you uh, you're looking to put in place are around performance management. Um, how are you going about that? And and you know what what's your vision for what performance management should look like at, at Good Habits? Yeah, performance management very important HR process, of course. Um, and it's one of the processes that needs a review in the next year. Um, well, today we. The, the current process is quite okay, but we can definitely improve. Um, so we have a pretty standard six month review cycle and we do attempt to change that. I strongly support a constant feedback loop. We shouldn't wait to talk about expectations in performance and to share feedback um, till the formal conversation is scheduled. It should be an ongoing conversation and not just between manager and employee but it should be a conversation between everybody that is working together, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe not only about your performance, but also about processes and how can we improve the way of working and how can we improve the product, et cetera. So I think it's key to consider how HR can best facilitate this constant feedback loop on various topics and how to empower all employees to make this a part of the daily routine. 
And the ultimate goal for good habits is that feedback becomes one of our our good habits, that we embrace it to give and to receive feedback. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and making sure that um, employees are receiving feedback from not just their manager, but also their, their peers and direct reports. And uh, everybody feels comfortable giving that feedback is, uh, is obviously a, a key challenge. Absolutely. Sometimes your peers have better and more relevant feedback for you than your manager, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, and then how how does good, good habits go about um, setting strategic goals at the moment as as part of that performance management process? Yeah, so we can definitely work on that too. So it's not really a part of the process right now. We mainly talk about competences and um, uh, behavior. Um, and what we want to improve is to set OKRs to be more um, to create more objectives and evaluate on those too. Uh, but this is not something that we include in the performance cycle right now. Okay, I see. And uh, and then and moving on to employee engagement, um, is this something that uh, like are you trying to pursue a consistent employee experience across the different offices? Yeah, absolutely, we do. Um, well. Let's go back to December when I started and we had those four people working very hard every day to keep all the balls in the air uh, and doing everything um, at the same time. Um, we didn't have anything in place to measure employee engagement. We are starting it up right now. That will be very, very important too. Um, and we also need to work on our employee experience, but we have some great things in place already. Uh, for example, everyone who starts at Good Habits joins a three-day online onboarding course. And this is definitely key to help people get the context of the organization. So in those three days, we talk about the past, about uh, the future, about the company culture, about the values. Um, it's a live session. However, now we have offices in all parts of the world uh, within different time zones. We need to set this up a little different. So we are now working on a training format for our new joiners that will be added to our Good Habits platform. And that also has the benefit to bring new colleagues directly to our platform. Um, and we will keep one live onboarding session to bring over the real Good Habits feeling and energy and to introduce the new starters to our key management. But instead of the three days, we're going to uh, one day. So that's one thing. And that's something we expect from all our joiners around the world. And people value this a lot. So it's rated with a 9.5 every month. So people really love to have to join those days. Um, and yeah, we recently formulated our HR vision, uh, which is we empower our people to have the time of their lives. And that's quite a statement, right? That is quite um, a statement, yeah. <laughs> that's quite a statement. We empower people to have the time of their lives. So um, if we want to make this happen, um, it has a lot of impact on how we set up the employee experience. And well, I'm not going to give too much away yet, but we have really great ideas to work on for the coming years and that's with a global mindset so we think global not local 
I see. Yeah, that, that sounds great. And uh, yeah, you've left us with a cliffhanger there as to what's uh, what's to come. <laughs> we should talk in one year from now again. We, we should do that. Yeah. <laughs> And um, and and so you mentioned that um, you know these onboarding days, uh, you know you're you're measuring uh, employee satisfaction around those onboarding days, and um, I'm curious as to, to how else you're you're measuring employee engagement. Are you are you setting up you know regular pulse surveys or um, or, or more more broader um, engagement surveys on a on a regular cadence? Yep. We don't have it in place yet, so we are now implementing an HRIS, which uh, has also uh, an engagement survey included. And we will start with a tryout next week. So our tech team will uh, be the first team that will um, fill in the survey. We are very excited for that. And then soon we will roll it out to the whole company. And the idea is not to do it just once in six months or every quarter, but do it on a regular, very regular basis. So we can constantly measure uh, the employee engagement and also make sure that we focus on the right topics. Yeah, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense, and um, and so it sounds like you've uh, you've certainly been busy uh, during during your, uh, your your first few months at Good Habits. Um, what would you say have been like the the real biggest changes that you you've had to uh, had to implement uh, so far? Um, well, a few actually. So for my team, um, <clears throat> having four people in the team is different than having 20 people in the team. Having one team that is focusing on everything is different from having sub-departments with expertise. So within my team, there's changing a lot. People need to get used of focusing on just a part of HR and not on the full scope. Um, And for the company, I think, well, we are going to automate and digitize a lot of processes, and that will have a huge impact on on both the business as on HR. Um, a very positive impact, I would say. Uh, it will be much easier to administrate the right information about employees. The user experience for the business will be much better, but we will also gather data, which is very important, not only for HR, but also for the board. Um, and for managers, of course. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that will be the biggest change that we are going to automate and digitize. Yeah, I, I can certainly see that. And um, you, you mentioned there uh, the importance of, uh, of data um, for your team. Um, I'm curious as to whether you've already uh, sort of created a, a definition as to how you're going to measure your success in pursuit of your HR vision to empower people and uh, help them have the time of their lives. No, we should really make that very concrete. I agree. Uh, but uh, we know that the engagement survey will definitely play a part in that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sounds great. Um, and I'd love to, to also then dive into, um, into learning, in employee learning and development. Um, obviously, that's a, you know, um, at the core of, of good habits, um, given that, that that's what the platform um, facilitates for your, for your customers. Um, but um, but maybe you could tell us already a little bit about what learning and development looks like internally at Good Habits. And you you've touched on the um, you know the onboarding uh, phase there. But what does it look like on a on an ongoing basis throughout the employee lifecycle? Yeah, that's a good question. Practice what you preach, right? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we are currently also setting up and shaping the L and D vision. 
Um, and we are growing the L&D team. So we just hired our second L&D uh, colleague. And also here we have a clear mission. Um, learning must be central in the journey of our employees. Um, practice what you preach. Um, every day we work uh, to create a learning culture in other companies. So we should have a learning uh, culture in our company too. Um, so we do offer some great things already. For example, we have a platform with lots of training courses that people can use whenever and wherever they want, basically on every every topic you can imagine. Uh, by the way, it's a, I'm not talking about the good habits content. I'm talking about a platform that offers much more content than only the good habits content. Mm -hmm. And there's also a budget for individual learning requests. Um, but also here, we have a lot in the pipeline. Uh, we have some great ideas to, um, to establish that mission a bit better. So as said, learning must be central in the journey of our employees. So one year from now, Andy, we should really evaluate what I said here today, right? We, we will, we, we, we certainly will. And um, and given given that good habits, um, as you said, like helps helps your customers um, create a learning culture within their company. Um, would you say that there are any any sort of like secrets that uh, that have been uncovered in how companies can really build that learning culture into their business? Um, yes. Well, um, a secret always sounds like there's a magic or there is that one magic trick that is very helpful, but no one knows it. Um, well, it's much more simple than you might think right now. So a very important one is that employees are much more eager to get started with learning than uh, is pre-assessed by the decision maker. So what we often see is that in the business case, um, in buying good habits, there is a doubt about the eventual use of good habits, while in reality, there's a very high user rate. Mm -hmm. And another interesting thing is that employees are interested in very different types of training than expected. For example, the mindfulness training is a very popular one, but it's mainly not the training that companies uh, on forehand think employees are interested in. And well, maybe a more specific answer to your question is that we at Good Habits, we believe that the ultimate secret to getting people to learn is to make learning fun. Mm -hmm. And also that um, everyone has different preference when it comes to learning. Some people like to read and other uh, prefer to listen. Uh, others like to watch uh, a video or a documentary. Um, and that is why we offer uh, courses in many different formats. So the user can choose the way he or she wants to learn. And that makes it more fun. And when something is fun, people are tend to do it. Um, and that's so important because learning people are happy people. They feel empowered. They feel uh, knowledgeable. They feel in control. And uh, well, that affects productivity and quality. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, one of the things that we we often talk about as well is with that, um, you know, like it's a reinforcing cycle, isn't it? Where if somebody is learning and improving in their role, um, then the, the productivity increases and the performance and therefore their enjoyment of, the, of it as well. Um, absolutely. 
Yeah. And um and, and what are the, some of the uh like the key um topics um that that you and your team are either you know already using um uh, within within good habits or, or would like to implement and um you know some of the the most important trainings that you believe every company should be rolling out for their employees um well let's start with something different than a training i think everybody benefits from a good coach I mean, um, someone who helps you reflect and and grow. That's very valuable for everyone and especially for people in a management position. So that's definitely worth investing. Um, Then feedback is, we talked about it earlier. Um, It's so important, not only training about how to give feedback, but also how to receive feedback. I think everybody should learn how to ask the right questions. Um, And stakeholder management is in most positions also key. Um, So I would say feedback, stakeholder management, and um, know how to ask your questions is is very important. Um, And I always encourage everyone to read a lot of books. And that can be on any topic. Um, I have some must-reads for HR people, though. Uh, but yeah, I think reading books is also a very good way to train yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what What are those books that you would recommend then for, for HR people? Well, yeah, every HR people should definitely read Powerful by Patty McCord. You know Patty McCord? Okay, I'm actually not familiar with that one, no. Yeah, she was the HRO at Netflix, um okay next yeah. to read hasting uh, that's by the way the other book that i suggest uh, no rules rules yes written yeah. by reed hasting and erin meyer yeah. uh, and powerful is uh, written by patty mccord and it's her perspective on a good hr strategy and a great hr fundament um no rules rules is basically on the same topic but from the perspective of the ceo so it's mm-hmm. also quite interesting um, and then another book is uh, From Good to Great by James Collins. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a book in which a few companies are compared. Um, and it shows when a company does good and what a company does to become great. Yeah, Very, very insightful. Interesting. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll definitely make sure that there's links to those those books in the in the show notes for, so that everyone can, can access them. Um, and I would love to to jump back to to one thing that you mentioned about how you believe in the importance of coaching. Um, is is that something that um, you're you're facilitating for employees at Good Habits? And is this um, uh, sort of like a coaching relationship with other people internally, or are you bringing in external coach coaches? Yeah. Um, well, it's something that we do facilitate at Good Habits. Um, so if someone has a coaching request we definitely consider it and we have individual budgets so uh, it's absolutely an option it shouldn't be always um, a real coach it can also be a mentor in the company not always your manager maybe it's even more valuable if it's someone that is not even working in the same department Um, and what we what we will work on the coming year is also to set up a mentor program so to um, make sure that at least every uh, manager, young manager, 
um, has a buddy or a mentor in senior management. Um, I think it's very important. There are so many lessons, um, so much inspiration that we can get from people that are more experienced. So, yeah, it's definitely something that we include into our uh, L&D programs. Yeah, I, I think that's that's like just really impactful, isn't it, for uh, for for everyone to have that um, that opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah, to speak to those coaches one on one. Um, and um, I have a, a couple of final final questions. Um, are there anything? Is there anything in the HR world that um, you have somewhat changed your mind on um, in recent times? Yeah, I think COVID has changed our view on work massively. Not only mine, but I think uh, this this counts for everyone. It it did made us rethink the function of the office. Uh, it made us rethink the vision on collaboration. And I think this discussion makes a lot of sense. So uh, where I was used to be more convinced of the importance of working in the office, uh, I now have a different perspective. So I'm still an advocate of getting together in the office and having live work sessions and uh, really get in touch with each other. But I'm also convinced that a hybrid solution is can be very successful. Um, it does stimulate a good work-life balance, which I think is very important, but it also um, stimulates more focus time, something that is mm -hmm. usually more difficult when you're in the office. So I think what you should do is make good arrangements um, on hybrid working. So you don't want to have uh, everybody on different times in the office because then you're still not working together. But for example, my team, we have the agreement on coming together in the office on Monday. We have as limited meetings as possible. So we have really time with each other. And it's not that we're chit-chatting all day, but we are working, sitting next to each other. And well, it brings up conversation and discussions in a natural way. If we don't regulate it, then we would have a few people on Monday, a few people on Tuesday, a few people on Wednesday, and we are still not together at the office uh, for a long time. So that Monday, with lunch included, um, is very helpful. Mm -hmm. And and is that something that you're you're then um, encouraging other teams across the business to also implement? Yeah, well, I would encourage every team to think about uh, the goal of coming to the office. So mm -hmm. what what is important for your team? What does your team need? I think it's not a one size fits all, uh, but I do think that you should absolutely think of um, the, the, the principles in which you set up the hybrid working. Um, and for some teams, it would be you should be three times in the office with your team every week on the same day. For other teams, it, it's maybe bi-weekly. Um, but yeah, I would definitely encourage every team to think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I t totally agree that um, yeah, often those are the in-person connections um, and also like uh, learning through osmosis by by being in, you know, present with each other really uh, really can't be beaten. Absolutely, and imagine the more junior people. So when I was uh, starting my career, I learned a lot from the people around me. 
And if you're all day at home and don't see don't see those people, then you don't get that inspiration. And it's very difficult to develop yourself to a more senior mm-hmm. um, a professional. So also in that perspective, you also have a responsibility to the more junior people in your team. Yeah, yeah, that's that's also very true. And my final question to you is, uh, are, are there any particular trends that you're really excited about? Um, you know, where, where is the HR industry heading and, uh, and you know, what's, what's on your radar for the future that you're looking forward to? Well, I'm very curious to see how AI will evolve within HR and to what level it can be used. So I have great expectations from it. I think we can outsource a lot uh, via uh, AI. Um, and if this is the case, then we can uh, add more human value to the business. So I think that would be amazing uh, to outsource all the more standard routine tasks mm-hmm. um, and to focus on the more human part of, of HR. So yeah, definitely AI. Do you have any particular use cases in mind that you can already already foresee? Yeah, so all the standard questions. Um, how do I request for holidays? Uh, I'm pregnant. Um, of course, you can have an employee handbook and link to that and, and bring guide people to, 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 to find the answers to the question themselves. But you can also have a chatbot or um, well, a robot that is still very friendly and helpful and is, is there for everybody. Um, but you don't need real people to get the job done. So I think, yeah, that can play a huge part within um, uh, the evolution of HR. Yeah, interesting. So it's um, it's really about um, you know enabling the HR team to, um, to to spend more time on the impactful strategic initiatives rather than um, you know some of these things that often take up time that uh, that can be handled in other ways. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, Sandrine, this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you very much for joining me. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll have to do the follow-up conversation again in, in one year's time when, uh, when, when you have some of these, uh, these secrets on your roadmap already implemented. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Let's do that. And thanks for the invitation. Great. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of People Over Perks by Leapsum. We're available on the Leapsum YouTube channel and all major podcasting platforms so you can hit subscribe to receive each episode as it's released. We also have an email newsletter and a Slack community where you'll find great resources and discussions on how to build a high-performing, humane and diverse company culture. You can find the link in the show notes or you can head to the resources section at leapsum.com. Thanks for joining us and see you next time.